Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. So glad to have you here with us on our show. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore Locked On Blue Devils, a daily podcast covering all things Duke Athletics getting closer to the college football season, but we're really excited about year one of the John Shire era in men's basketball, replacing Coach K as well. And on today's show, we continue our Duke in the NBA series with an absolute superstar, Jason Tatum with the Boston Celtics. What a year he had this past season. Our buddy John Corrales from Locked On Celtics will join us to give us the full breakdown. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, with that being said, let's now bring in my good pal, John Corrales from the Locked On Celtics podcast. John, good to be with you here once again. A full year since we last spoke here on the program. But I tell you one thing Duke fans were very well aware of what Jason Tatum was up to this past calendar year. Yeah, it's been uh, a hell of a 365 days <laughs> for Jason Tatum. Uh, it, it's, you know, first team All-NBA and a great a great second half of the season, especially, uh, you know, he, if he had done that for the whole year, he might have been an MVP candidate. Uh, and even then he was he was still kind of close creeping into the conversation. So it's uh, clearly Tatum's best season. And, and I think the most exciting part about this season for Tatum is while it was his best, probably, there's so much more than he could do. And he we have not even come close to seeing his best basketball. There's a lot to be excited for for the future with him. He's under a microscope, certainly, once you get deeper into the playoffs and into the NBA Finals, where he took the Boston Celtics, as you said, a first-team All-NBA guy, which is really exciting uh, when Duke is recognized like that. I mean, you've had Kyrie Irving reach that status before in the league. You can go back to somebody like Grant Hill in the 90s getting to all-NBA level. But for Jason Tatum to be there already in his career is phenomenal. When we last spoke last summer going into this season, you really felt like Tatum at the end of last year was starting to turn the corner and can make that next step into his career. Did it start right out of the gates this past season, or was it a gradual rise to sort of start him to be one of the top five players in the league yeah he he started out very slowly okay uh, I think I think it's he he struggled at the rim it's almost like he he finished the year because he was struggling at the end in the finals the way he started the year and he still has a bad habit of playing off of one foot when he's attacking the rim and taking away some of his own explosiveness kind of gliding past the rim, hoping to draw fouls. He's got these huge long arms, so he can kind of do that whole big long reach and not get the ball, you know, touched. But also he um, would be avoiding the contact a little too much. So it's a little tough for him to draw the fouls that he's looking for and to finish the way he's looking for. Because I always say if you're if you're attacking the, the, the basket and you're kind of going in a – a 45 degree angle or so, and you get pushed from behind, all it does is continue pushing you on your own path. And it's hard for a ref to see how it impacted the shot. 
if you're going straight at the rim and you get hit and there's an obvious change in direction in your trajectory, then the ref can be like, well, I didn't exactly see the contact, but I saw his body jerk to the left. So he must have gotten hit down low. When you're playing with that power and then you get hit and moved, you it's easier to finish and it's easier for the refs to notice. So some stylistic things that he needs to work on to be better at finishing. And when he's better at finishing at the rim, then the whole thing opens up for him and he can become a truly dominant player. He's great, but he's not truly dominant yet. And I think he has the potential to get to truly dominant. Which is awesome to hear. And he's such a fun player to watch. And his shot making is really impressive all over the floor, able to do a lot of big things this season. And again, we saw so much of it in the playoffs and in the finals. A slower start at the start of the year, like you were saying, which was similar to the end of the season. What in particular was it that that really flipped the switch on for the majority of the regular season that he was able to be so good? Yeah, I think he he bought into what Ime Yudoka was selling, and I think the whole team did. So the defense kind of stepped up. So there were a lot more opportunities to run, a lot more opportunities to play against the defense that was retreating and not set. And he became more of a distributor. His assists went up. His assist percentage went up. He is becoming a threat when he drives to dish. And when you're a threat to do something other than any one thing, then you you become dangerous, right? If somebody's always driving to pass and you play those passing lanes, then you neutralize the guy. But if he's a threat to both score and pass, then you don't know. Any little shot, any little pass fake can get a guy to bomb, just bite on that. And then that gets him, that, that eliminates a health defender and he can score. And if the guy doesn't bite on that, then you could just take your next step and then kick it out to the corner. So he's adding things to his game. And he really, really took Ime Udoka's coaching to heart. It wasn't a do this or else type of coaching. It was a collaborative coaching effort like he like the NBA is. It's a conversation. And it's an understanding that, hey, this guy, this coach wants me to do well because he wants – it's for me. It's not he wants me to do well so he can look good. He wants me to do well so I can look good. And that that's a meaningful distinction – for players, because if you if you don't think the coach has your best interests at heart, it's tough to buy into what he's selling. So I think the whole team bought into it. There were some roster changes um, and they, they they got healthy at the same time. So they had a full complement of players. And then you know all of that together caused Jason to really, really hit his stride. Yeah, I mean, you get the new coach that comes in and Ime Udoka, and I know this was a big talking point nationally, uh, not so much, I would imagine, for my Locked On Blue Devils listeners when we're so dialed in to the college basketball season. But Brad Stevens no longer the head coach. Of course, we remember him from his days at Butler in the national title game against Duke, but he walks away, and now he's in the front office for the Boston Celtics, and Udoka comes in. I mean, it feels like the first thing that a new coach needs to do is – talk to your superstars, your leaders of this team. And, I mean, for the Boston Celtics' success, it's probably a good thing 
that Tatum and everybody was able to buy in so quickly so that they could have the year that they had. Yeah, and you know, you have to understand also that Tatum is still so young and he's he's come in with the, the right attitude. I don't think he he's he saw himself as the dominant player. Like he didn't come in like LeBron, he didn't come in like KD. He had to he had to, you know, start playing a role at first off of some really good players and grow into becoming the star that he is. So I think it's all um part of that that maturity and that I'm he doesn't want to do anything besides play basketball. He's not worried about telling the coach who to who to sign and who to play and he's not trying to meddle in a lot of things that we're seeing a lot of other players do that are at that first team all NBA level. He's not trying to do all that. He's just I want to go play basketball. I want to go win and I want to just be the best that I can be. So, you know, you got to respect that. And, and he's so young that there's even more coming. And I think I think understanding the Ime dynamic for him and buying into that Ime dynamic allows them both to grow together because Ime's a first-year head coach. And even though he's got a lot of, you know, experience in the league, he doesn't have the head coaching experience, and it's just – different you spend a lot of time in front of the media you spend a lot of time putting out fires you're you're you leave your assistants to do some of the nitty-gritty stuff and you're bouncing around you got to talk to the gm and you have to be on this call and you it's it's it, it takes a lot out of you and it takes you away from some of the basketball so to to understand what he wants to do and for the the, the best player on the team to understand what he wants to do it it all it all ties together and, and ties to their mutual success. John Corrales is here with us from Locked On Celtics. We're talking about Jason Tatum's season that just ended with those Boston Celtics. We'll talk about the future for Tatum after this quick timeout here on Locked On Blue Devils. Our show today is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source. For odds, lines, and games, find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf, continuing to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. As we welcome you back in here to today's edition of Lockdown Blue Devils, I'm JJ Jackson alongside John Corrales. And uh, the season that just ended for Jason Tatum was remarkable. As we mentioned, an all-NBA type player. We keep bringing up his age. We've known him for a while in the NBA, but back in March, he just turned 24 years old. And I had a really quick moment, like just wow, the grand scheme of things, uh, earlier this summer, Duke basketball added a graduate transfer with a year extra of COVID-19 eligibility who's also 24. So for Duke fans, <laughs> we're watching the finals, supporting this 24-year-old Jason Tatum, and then celebrating a big shooting guard transfer that just joined the program who's also 24 years old. Like that was just a weird moment of uh, just looking at basketball. That's funny. Yeah, this one, in, the one and done. <laughs> can be in some really weird situations, right? 
guys like Peyton Pritchard come into the team and they're rookies and Tatum's been in the league for like three, four, five years, whatever it is. And, and, um, uh, Pritchard's only like two years younger than him. Right. So <laughs> it's it's kind of wild. Like the guys who stick around for their senior years or, or, or past that, uh, what, what that can do. But we always like to joke that Jason Tatum is only 19. Right. Because that, that was the, that was the running joke when his, in his rookie year where he was doing all this stuff. It's like, wow. And he's only 19. <laughs> so that, that continues to permeate yeah. the, uh, the Celtics consciousness. And, and then part of you, you got to be like, all right, let's put that to bed and realize he might, he's only 24. Like that's still okay to right. say that this guy is that good and only 24 years old. Like let's talk about uh, next season. Obviously you said there are so many ways for Tatum to improve. Um, I mean, how easy is it to, to take those next steps for a guy like Jason Tatum, knowing that you've experienced almost everything that you want to in your career, ultimately falling a couple of wins short of winning a championship. Yeah. Is it easy? No, this is going to be the hard part because he's got to do it while the entire league is focused on him. The whole league knows that when you play the Celtics, you got to focus on him first in no disrespect to Jalen Brown, because you got to focus on him next. But those are the two guys and Tatum's at the top right now. So it's it's these last bits that are the hardest, right? Like you picture like woodworking. Anybody who knows woodworking, and you can you can take a hatchet to the the piece of wood and just chop off all the things that you need. And you're like, oh, I'm getting a lot closer. It's the first bits that are easy, and then when you have to get to the fine tuning, you got to make sure you get that right. And you get to that sanding. If you do something wrong there, you've ruined everything, and you have to start over. And it's similar because if you if you tinker with a jump shot, let's say, you have the risk of becoming Markel Fultz, who, <laughs> you know, came out as the number one pick and was a hell of a shooter at Washington. But now all of a sudden, he I just heard the conversation. People were talking about him uh, saying, well, if you can't shoot, then can he really be your point guard? Like, but how did Markel Fultz get to he can't shoot? Because you tinker too much and you ruin it. And that's that's what the, the risk is. Tatum is at a point where I don't think he needs to tinker that much with uh, the the overall, like his overall game. He needs to work on his ball handling a little bit. Just get that get that dribble lower. He dribbles. He likes to dribble up at his armpit. I like to see it get down a little bit closer to his hip. A little tighter crossovers. A little bit better hands. And like that's just reps. More reps. More reps. More reps. And you know, doing doing the old. Uh, uh, karate kid just getting into that bucket of rice and you know tight you know strengthening your hands and stuff like that kind of like stuff can really help you know stronger hands uh better hands so he's not turning the ball over and but you know honestly jj mental mental stuff yeah. where i feel like there are a few different things and it stems from i believe he was always the skinny kid in St. Louis. And he always would, you know, he's always trying to avoid contact. It seems I want him to look in the mirror as this 24 year old man that has shoulders out to here and is just has put on all the muscle that was asked and was it, that, that currently is, I should say a, a, a beast. He's a big, strong dude. Go out there and play like a big, strong dude and put your shoulder down 
and go through some people. And if you have to, if you have to commit a couple of offensive fouls early, I I'm okay with that. If he comes out in October, November, and the story is, wow, Jason Tatum is amassing a lot of offensive fouls. I will be the happiest person in my in the world because it's, it'd be like he's taking my advice. Put your shoulder down. I'd rather you go too far and it's okay. Now you dial it back a little bit, then have to continue to draw this out of him. I think the mentality and learning how to play when you are the absolute focal point. I think he did it. He's learned a lot, but the last two games of the finals and the finals overall, he was targeted. He was, you know, he turned the ball over a ton. He was the main focus of their defense. It worked. And he has to go back. And I, I saw him after the game, and I've never seen him look as pissed off as he was. He knows. He knows what his shortcomings were. I think mentally getting into that space where it's like, I am dominant. I am going to dominate. And when when my dominance draws two and three, I know where to I know where to get the ball. I know where to push it, and I know how to get it back is the most important thing. Don't just drive and kick and be like, my job is done. Drive, kick, go down the other, come around the other corner, wait for it, wait for a drown, down screen or something, come back, get the ball again. Now you're catching it on the move. People have lost you for a quick second. Now you take that power dribble, you get to the rim. That's how you become dominant. You know when to give it up, but you got to know when to get it back and how to get it back. So all of those things, so much of it is mental. Technical stuff with the dribbling, sure, but mental. Get that mentality to this 24-year-old brick wall that can shoot from 30 feet. Get to that space. And in terms of the size and the wingspan, we've seen him obviously be able to finish at the rim and closer to the rim. Uh, and and I'm, if the aggressiveness can pick up a little bit, man, this guy is going to be terrifying next season. Yeah. And also what's great about all of this, from year one to where we're at now, the three-point shot has continued to improve. So, I mean, we haven't even talked about his outside shooting much at all today, John, but teams have to respect the fact that you can't really leave the guy open. You can't be satisfied that you're forcing Tatum to take all these jump shots because we know that he's going to knock them down. Yeah, and he's got that big, long reach where he he releases the ball way up high. It's hard <laughs> to block that shot. Um it, it, as long as as long as he's a threat to drive, and this is this is another part. This is I, I keep focusing on the driving part because that opens up everything else. Right. If you're a threat when you're down there in that triple threat and you're looking and you're surveying and you're just like, oh, I know I'm gonna pull up. I'm just waiting for this guy to give that little side eye, that little is is help coming, is a pick coming. And as soon as he does like that little eye thing, boom. Once you're a threat then it doesn't matter how how slow your shot might even be. If you're a threat to drive and a guy's balance is off and he's worried about a pick that might free you up, then you can pull up in his face. And all you need is that half second. Jason only needs that half second because once he gets that ball way up over his head, no one is touching it. No one is. He's become a really, really good shooter. Uh, I think he came into the league as a really good shooter. And I think, when when he has those those spaces that spot and he starts going if he hits his first couple of three pointers you're toast this is this is a 50 spot coming because especially if he, he addresses the driving stuff 
If he can get to the rim five, six times, draw a couple of fouls, you finish at 90%, you're getting 10 points at the rim, and you're getting two, three free throws. Now you're at 13. Now you're taking eight shots per, you know, eight, eight threes, nine threes, 10 threes, not to mention all the other fouls that you're going to get. You're, you're starting to pile up points. You get 13 points already in the paint. You get four three-pointers. Now you're up to 25. You go, you, you take another four, five, six uh, free throws. Now you're up to 30. 30 is where your superstars average. Superstars live in that 30-point-per-game range. So the driving is the center of it all, and the shooting comes off of that. And he's he's great at, at the pull-ups. I think he can they can incorporate – they can incorporate a lot more catch and shoot stuff for him because I mean he's he's always initiating. And I'm very curious to see what Ime Udoka does offensively this year with Brogdon, with a year of just everybody in their system under you know, have, have that under their belt. I'm very curious to see how much facilitating he has Tatum do, or does that dial back and just the threat of him facilitating become the impetus for the entire ball movement. I, I I know that they want a more egalitarian type of ball movement everywhere. Uh, I think there are opportunities for Tatum to catch and shoot in the corner. And if you can see some of that, then right. we can see him really start to pick up and, and become that 30-point-per-game guy that, that a first-team All-NBA guy, an MVP candidate should be. which is outstanding, and it's something that I'm going to be looking out for next season, and I'm sure a lot of Duke basketball fans are. We still love getting our NBA fix, following these guys, and that sort of thing. Again, John Corral is here with us from Locked On Celtics. Let's sort of wrap with this. 24 years old is Jason Tatum. He's not that 19-year-old rookie anymore. What we're so curious about as well is we live in this um, social media world where we're following these guys all the time with every move that we're doing and families are getting publicity and everybody loves seeing Deuce Tatum at all the games. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Jason Tatum's personality this year, John. Like what was that like? How has he changed over the years? Mm. And, and what is Jason Tatum the person really like? So Jason Tatum is, so there's two Jason Tatums. There's the Jason Tatum that talks to us in the media who I, I will say even that guy has opened up a little bit. That Jason Tatum has opened up to some degree. He, I think this past season, he, he definitely was a lot more forthcoming. He was a lot more thoughtful with a lot of his answers and like actually answering the questions more often than he has in the past. I mean, he's a very skilled, canned answer guy. You know, he knows all of the things to say. He's been training on how to speak to the media for a long time. He knows the cliches, he knows everything that he needs to say at certain spots. But I think this season he's really been forthcoming in even the scrum settings and in the, the interview room settings. So that, that was good to see. I think he, I think he is getting a little more comfortable. And I think he also understands maybe a little bit the difference between the people that he's talking to and there, people like me, the beat writers who are, you know, we're, we're I don't want to say it like, I don't want to say this the wrong way. We're almost part of the team because we're everywhere. Yeah. They're at practice, we're at practice. They're at games, we're at games. We're on the, they're on the road, we're on the road. And, and it wasn't that long ago where beat writers would travel on the team plane. There was a section where the beat writers would, because before the internet and all of that stuff, 
but you had like four or five beat writers and they would be on the planes. So they were as much part of the team as the players minus the actual basketball playing. So I think he might understand like we're there to do a job. And I think the growing comfort level that we're not the gotcha guys, we're not the hot take guys. We're there to just kind of tell people, this is what happened. This is what guys said every once in a while, try to tell a good story, a little feature stuff. And that I think has opened him up a little bit, but, the Jason Tatum that's over there with Deuce on the sideline, and you see him talking to players every once in a while. And you get little clips of him in the locker room. He's he's you know just a, a normal kind of joking around. He talks a lot more. He jokes a lot more in private settings than he does in general. But I, I will say, we're we've spent this whole podcast talking about Jason Tatum, and he's not even the biggest star in Boston. The biggest star in Boston is absolutely Deuce. <laughs> Deuce can go nowhere, and everything Deuce does is a big deal. Um, Marcus Smart was inbounding the ball one, in one game, and Deuce went over trying to smack him on his butt. You know, and like, and we had to ask him about it after the games. And Marcus is like, "Yeah, that's me and Deuce, man. That's our relationship." <laughs> um, Deuce is in the locker room after games. Deuce has like the most adult sleeping schedule for a toddler than I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, but. You know, Jason and Jason Jr., Deuce, are a team, and they're hilarious. And you know, now now Deuce is starting to talk a little bit more, and so you get some of the playoff Deuce uh, podium games, and he's going to start talking a little bit more. I am looking forward to another deep playoff run where a year older Deuce is going <laughs> to, I'm sure, get to the podium. We're going to start asking him some questions. That's going to be that's going to be some fun, but. I think the whole Jason Tatum experience in Boston is such a good one. You know, him, his mom, his, his son, they're 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 kind of just like good upstanding members of the community. Jason's basically keeps to himself. You never hear about anything yeah. with him. He, you know, it's just he's just a a good dad and a great basketball player and it's it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to see he's he's a superstar that we haven't we don't see very often because he's developing into that dominant player and a lot of times the the first team all nba guy the mvp is obvious right away right they come in as lebron they come in as luka Doncic. they come in as is you know one of these big time players and it's very rare that you see the guys grow into those roles like john morant was obvious right like you could see that nikola Jokic is one of the developed guys when he was first there you, you just you didn't know what was going to happen. And he grew into this. Tatum is one of those guys too. So it's fun to have a front row seat to see all of this progression and, and him growing as a dad, as a person, as a player. It's a lot of fun. John, I appreciate the time. This is always fun to catch up with you and check in on all the Duke. We got a lot of Duke players in the NBA littered with them and five more joined the league this year. So uh, your thoughts are always uh, appreciated. Thank you again for doing this today. You got it. My pleasure, man. That's John Corrales from Locked On Celtics joining us on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. That's going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Follow us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and like this podcast wherever you get them. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Certainly do appreciate that. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. We'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.